it's time to raise the roof for our first 2021 spring training slash pitchers and catchers, whatever the hell you want to call it episode, because the season is basically started. Baseball's back. The Rays have gotten into camp. Pitchers and catchers have officially reported. And we are very excited right now with me is uh, it's just Gibby. So it's just me and Gibby for uh, for this episode. Gibby, you got your voice back, which is good. Hopefully voice you're doing well. How you doing? Golden voice. Yes, I- I'm doing I'm doing well. You know, covered, ready, ready to talk some rays. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh and we didn't we, we haven't talked to you since uh the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl. So how was that experience? It was it was quite fun, you know. The whole city was just up in flames. Um not not <laughs> actually, but like metaphorically. Wait, did you uh, say everyone... you climbed on a Gasparilla boat? Oh, I w- no, I, I was on a Gasparilla float, uh last grass gasparilla but i wasn't oh okay i thought that you no, were on one this one no, but no, but no, you were no. going wild i i would assume we, we were going wild <laughs> i did go downtown i was wearing a mask though it wasn't like some other people well, that's tried good. to stay safe you know distance from everybody it was a fun time though fun times definitely good times oh, good times in tampa bay definitely good times in Tampa bay it's a good time it's a good time to be a sports fan of the tampa sports area uh so without further ado let's introduce our special guest for this episode uh he's currently a receptionist for the rays previously a fan host for the team uh elijah Fluellen. uh elijah how are you doing welcome to the podcast i hope i pronounced that last name correctly because i think i nailed it but you did it's a rarity but you did you got it you got it down pat thank you for on <laughs> how you doing how you doing how, how have you been i'm good man we're, we're getting closer and closer pitchers and catchers reported thursday we're getting there i mean the last time this time last year you had shut down two weeks before opening day so fingers crossed we get through this thing okay but we're in a good spot feels good feels good doesn't it it was very good <laughs> yeah i want to ask quickly um how is everyone's uh like like how did everyone feel once pitchers and catchers returned because i know that um at least on the group chat everyone was going crazy but i wanted to kind of get everyone's opinion here on how they felt once pitchers and catchers returned last week huge sigh of relief you know we haven't really had a normal season or off season since 2019 so just a whole lot of emotion everybody's set in camp i mean of course if we got a COVID precautions and everything but Mm -hmm. things seem to be going smoothly it's not like we don't feel like we're going to get kicked out halfway through camp and then sent home and and be in limbo again so Mm -hmm. we're in a good spot i feel like we'll be all right yeah, Gibby, how are you feeling about watching pitchers and catchers return back to Port Charlotte? Um, I'm definitely excited for them to start getting their uh their off their 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 season started. You know, um, off season's over. It's it's time to time to work put that work in. You know, I'm excited that they're gonna get even more time to gel because last season you had a really quick startup after after the pause and uh, months off and you had to start back up in the summer. So I'm excited to see these guys just not have to do that, not have to change their the the, the same uh, training schedule they've been clocking their whole baseball careers. So I'm excited for this team to have a full offseason, and I think that can make them really dangerous, especially after last season, basically just winning off of depth and, and just depth of bullpen and having a really good team from the get-go. So with all this training, they're just going to get even better. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I'm with you on both of that. Well, uh, the Rays decided to keep us uh, a little bit on our toes with some trades that they made uh, before. Or actually, I think it was the day of, if not the day before, pitchers and catchers reported those two trades being um, top catching prospect Ronaldo Hernandez 
uh, and uh, utility infielder Nick Sogard were traded to the Red Sox for two relief pitchers, those pitchers being Chris Mazza and Jeffrey Springs. So that's the Rays dealing with a former uh, Rays executive, uh, Heim Bloom. Uh, so that's pretty interesting going on. And then the other one, which I think was, I think this one, both of them were shocking, but I think this one might've been a little bit more shocking was that the Rays traded away reliever John Curtis to the Miami Marlins in exchange for first baseman Evan Edwards uh, prospect in their system. I wanted to get both your opinions on these two deals because I don't know how to feel about it. I'm kind of, I see the Hernandez trade like I, I, I like that one more than I like the Curtis trade because I liked Curtis and how he fit on the team. But I wanted to get both your perspectives on the two deals. Oh, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I do. I, I love baseball players named Evan. So that that's like my thing. I, I love those guys. So I, I'm all for. I, I like John Curtis. You know, very very good, very good pitcher. He gave us a lot of good innings. He can be a long reliever kind of style. He could even start. He he's just a he's just a good good pitcher. So I'm I'm sad to see him go away, but getting some getting some uh help at first base in the future would be good. I, I love D Man Choi. I am a I am a huge D Man Choi fan. But you know, we gotta think about in the coming years, maybe who replaces him if if that ever happens, you know. I just want D Man Choi to stay here forever, to be honest. <laughs> but you know having a guy named Evan on on first base would be nice as well. And about the Hernandez trade, um, I'm kind of opposite of you. I don't like that trade as much. I really liked Hernandez as a catching prospect. I do like the the relief pitchers we got in. We we got back. Um, who are the guys we got back from that again? Uh, uh, we got back uh, Jeffrey Springs and Chris yes. Mazza. Springs is a left hander and Mazza is a righty. Yeah, so I think those are some good depth pickups for um, from the Boston. Not not that their bullpen was really much to uh talk about last season but i think those were those are some okay pieces that we got back from that but i really i really liked hernandez last year when he like he he came out on that on that uh the the first game like the the training games when it was just intra-squad and he he was kind of tearing up those intra-squad games mm -hmm. so i i really liked him so i would like to see him but you know he's a good prospect he's gonna smash some balls and for the red Sox probably and that's all i had to say about that yeah uh so elijah uh when you saw those two trades happen how did you feel about how they played out as i mean full faith and credit in eric neander and company they run an excellent baseball ops department just remembering when curtis came over it was kind of a it's kind of a meh move you know we didn't know what to expect of them i mean you could say the same thing about about half the raised moves but somehow they get the rays know exactly how to get the most out of every player Whoever it is, whoever they draft, whoever international signing, it's whoever they get, the song does. you know, in the organization's motto is, is, is part of it is the magic of race baseball. So mm -hmm. you really never know what they're thinking, but you have full faith that they're either a step ahead or they completely know what they're doing. So I'm completely fine with both moves. See, yeah. So, I mean, oh, wait, about, sorry, what, about what you're saying, you, you, there, there was a there was a rumor about an exec who literally only picked up a player because they thought uh, it was one of two teams. It was the L.A. Dodgers or the Rays were interested in them, and the only reason they picked them up is, or or they or the only reason they wouldn't trade them is because they didn't they felt like the Rays knew or the Dodgers knew something that they didn't know, and they just didn't want to. Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense because the Rays or Dodgers didn't know. I'm pretty sure they didn't know about Tatis, and they made and the uh, Padres made that move on the White Sox. So. 
Yeah. I mean, that's yeah, kind exactly. of a. I was going to say there was kind a, break. Of a weird way. All oh, they're, they're just going with the hot hand, I, I guess you could say. Elijah is right about that one. There was a Ray, there was a former Ray involved in that. I did want to say, I think that part of the reason why they made the Hernandez deal is because I'm concerned about what he did in the alternate site. Because if they, if he was this top catching prospect for the organization, there must have been some sort of warning sign that they saw either from the production that he, that, that he had in the minors in 2019 or what he did in the alternate site that basically made him, they were able to get the most out of him that they could in terms of uh, what they could get in return. So that's kind of what I'm wondering is that they saw something that we just didn't see because we couldn't see what was going on at the alternate site. So, I think, you know, they got, they got their, uh, they got Miho, right. From the, the one, from the one trade. So I think yeah. they were like, we got some depth. Um, we have a possible replacement for Mike Zanino in the future. So maybe you just get some more pitching depth so we can have a heated, uh, bullpen again, which I don't think was ever gonna not be heated this next yeah. season, but it's yeah, nice no, I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Um, so one other signing that the Rays or a signing that the Rays made uh, in the last day or two was that they ended up uh, re-signing uh, a relief pitcher, Oliver Drake, who pitched in the 2020 season, got hurt towards the end of the season, didn't really make that much of a difference in the playoffs. I think did pitch in the he might have pitched in the wild card series. And then I don't think they included him in a roster for the rest of the playoffs, but he was involved here and there, and he's been a pretty reliable relief arm for the race. They signed him, I think for somewhere around seven seventy five K. And then with, if he stayed on the roster for at least, I think the start uh, 50 days at the start of the season, he would get another 325 K. So it's basically like a mil million dollar contract, one year million dollar contract that they gave to him. I wanted to get both your opinions on Drake because compared to the stable of guys that, people know the Rays for having in the bullpen. Drake isn't a guy who's going to blow fastballs by someone. And he's got a really, really weird, unique delivery where it's very deceptive and it almost looks like he's a lefty pitching as a righty um, or oh, sorry, a righty pitching as a lefty. But do how do you guys feel about this signing uh, to bolster the bullpen after the moves that they made with Curtis? You can go first, Elijah. I mean, I feel like Drake's been a high profile arm in the bullpen from from two seasons ago, even even in, in 19, he had a, he had a big, big role in, in that and molding that bullpen, having a lot of young guys down there help help mentor them to be the professionals that they currently are. So with with the young staff that we have now, with the departure of, of Morton and uh, departure of Chaz Rowe, maybe Drake can fill that void of being being the the veteran reliever down there and, and help aiding the bullpen. So we'll see. Yeah, I, if he can have another season like he did in 2019, that, that kind of uh, just over 3-8 ERA kind of deal, I think I think it's a it's a well well suited setup for our team. Um, you know, he didn't have the the best 2020, which I mean a lot of pitchers didn't. You know, it's it's a it was an awkward year. So I don't really I don't I don't really want to hold that against anyone. I think a lot of people can bounce back from their 2020 stats. So I don't really pay attention to those ones much. What I see is a good 2019, and if he can produce that again, um, it's a good signing and it's a it's a it's a good move on our part. I completely agree. I completely agree. Uh, I wanted to ask two quick things before I wanted to get into a, um, just a uh, 
I don't, I don't know how long it's going to be, but we're definitely going to talk a little bit more in depth about Black History Month since this is the f- month of February and we are getting towards the end of the month and we wanted to make sure that here on Razor Roof we address that. But two quick things. First thing, uh, there's been, we've now seen some of the bullpens of some of the guys uh, that the new signings for the Rays. Um, I mean, I know Archer had already pitched on the team before, so we saw him back in bullpens. We saw Rich Hill. I know a big thing was seeing was hearing about what was going to go on with Patino's bullpen yeah. for the first, you know, catch seeing him for the first time. What from for from or for both of you in this? When you heard Cash's comments about that, about about how Patino's bullpen went, how did you feel about him coming in for this season? Because he said some really really promising things, and that made me really excited. Yeah, I just I was just looking at the eye test kind of. I mean, I only saw him pitch. I mean, there's very few videos. There's only like they only have like barely anything of him pitching. But like from what I've seen in the eye test, like I really I really like him. You know, um, obviously everyone everyone loves Blake Snell, but like you know that that's kind of that's kind of out the door by now. Um, so it's good to have that we have I think a nice return on this trade with Patino and I, I just hope he can really produce um, in this regular season. Um, he might not, it might, he might not live up to the, to, to uh, the hype yet, but I, I'm really liking what I'm seeing from him and, and Cash's comments and Zanino's comments on him. <laughs> I mean, whenever Mike Z gives you that much praise, you're, you're doing something right. So, I mean, his nickname, his nickname is electric. So, We'll, we'll we'll see. I'm I'm I've heard, I'm I'm happy with what I've heard, and we he can be he might be the guy. So we'll, we'll I'm see. excited. I like that. I like hearing that. That's he what might, I like to hear. He might be he might be the guy. He's he's that electric. Anybody that throws a 98 mile power sinker is you're, you're going somewhere. So, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, yeah. some good stuff. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, speaking of a guy who might be the guy, or going from a guy who might be the guy to talking about the guy who was the guy before. There was an article that came out of the Players' Tribune. Blake Snell wrote an article about, um, I guess it was kind of like a final love letter to Tampa Bay, if you want to consider that kind of clearing any anything that happened in that in game six specifically once the season mm-hmm. ended and all of that. Did you guys read the article and what did you think about his uh, about uh, about Blake's comments? Uh, I read the article. I think, you know, I think he was right. Um, you know, warming up Nick, uh, he, he didn't really like put the blame on anyone. He just... He he said himself he kind of lost it because he saw Nick Nick Ando warming up in the bullpen and he was like man they're really about to pull me out and then after that he, you know he's he's out of the zone kind of so I guess it's kind of Cash's fault for putting him out of the zone but like Cash has made so many good decisions to get us there to that moment so like there's like a give and take and I don't really know I don't really know how to like quite put this into words but like you that's like that's like your that's like our guy and like we want him to like that was i think you did really take a moment from him right there it was what i'm trying to say like i think he was having there was a spectacular moment like coming like he could i think he could have made it maybe eighth inning just and and maybe allowed like one run Uh, but that's just me um maybe he took the wind out of the sails you know but you'll never know because it's not the way it happened. So I, I, I'm just, I, I'm glad that article came out. I think it's a good article. It's a good read. I think you should all read it. Just knowing as close as I am with Blake, I mean, guy's practically a brother to me. Hearing, I mean, we've had this, we've had a discussion about it too. I mean, 
he's put it behind him. It's it's out of his control. Once 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 Cash pulls the ball from you, that's it. So knowing what the philosophy was going in, even going in through the year, like if you look at ALCS game seven, we took Charlie out early and that that worried some people. We got through it. So at the end of the day, um, I believe the Rays only lost three games when Anderson, Fairbanks, and Castillo pitched in them, all, all three together. So he thought he had the um he thought he played his best card and and it's baseball. You never know what happens. So yeah, what and ha- when happens, is- it's it's behind them and unfortunately we'll we'll never we'll never know what what would have happened if Blake stayed in. But yeah, I mean what when when is Nick and putting in Nick Anderson as your reliever ever like a, a bad decision? That that doesn't happen very often. Like that right. that doesn't come back and bite you in the ass very often. So I don't really yeah. I don't really like pay attention to the, the cash hate that, that he gets on the internet for that move. But like there's there's a give and take, obviously. I mean Ando Ando did make some comments after the game saying that he wasn't one hundred percent. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll never know. I mean, if yeah. wishes were fishes, the world would be an ocean. So I, I it's one of those things you have to put behind you. It's tough to chew, but it's one of those things you have to put behind you and 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 move on at some point. So yeah, that's the real thing I've ever heard. Honestly, honestly, <laughs> that's tell to the people in the back. <laughs> that's a hundred percent true. I the way that I think about it, like I'm happy that the article came out. It's just from my perspective as a Rays fan, this narrative has been going on just like this, and you know this thing. And I know that Blake's tired of it too, as much as we're tired of it. I just like want it. Like I hope that this is the last thing because like I just don't want to hear about it anymore because he doesn't want to hear it about it anymore. I mean, I know that's like I'm I'm sure a big reason why he just kind of went MIA for like a week or two just because he didn't want to hear about it. Like after he got traded, he was just like. Just, just stop talking to me about it. Like, I'm traded. I'm on a new team. Let's focus on the Padres. Let's focus on 2021. And us as Rays fans should be the same thing. It's just focus on the Rays in 2021. And he's not here, and we enjoyed his time at Tampa Bay, and he enjoyed his time at Tampa Bay. But what the front office does is what the front office does. We can't control that. He can't control that. So, like, I hope that this is the last thing. Because, <laughs> like, I just don't want to keep hearing about it again. Because, my goodness, it is so annoying. <laughs> I, ho- I hope so as well. Just, just knowing him and how he is. I don't want to speak on him, but I know he's ready to move on because he's, he's he's wearing brown and gold now at the end of the day. So there's there's nothing. He's working for UPS. That's one of the. What can one brown running, do for you? That is, that <laughs> is, was one of the run. That's one of the running jokes. But but in all seriousness, he's he's moved on with it. I mean, he's talked. I know Papa Dave as well. He's he's talked family friends. Anybody you can think of who he's asked about it, he's he's been cordial and he's been honest about it, just how he is in his interviews. The same guy, the same guy, and the same Blake Snell in his presses is, is is literally the same person wherever, even if you meet him in public. Like, I think when I think that we all appreciate that very much. Yeah, he's I, that's why I appreciate about him. He's very authentic, but like even first time meeting him in person, I met him at a Chipotle. Same same. Goofy, honest, authentic dude, man. He's Blake's Blake. So that's a, that's wish, him the, best. Yeah, wish him the when, best. Hopefully, when he returns to the trap and he, he gets a he gets a rousing ovation, maybe that's, a, that's a, what a I tribute video. We never know. We gotta we gotta we gotta ask Michael Weinman and um and Mitchell White, the the um, the trap's DJ for games. So we'll see, man. We'll, I'm sure we'll welcome him back with open arms because he 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 lo- he loves us just as much as we love him. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, and we got our video about Blake coming out in a few days, so stay tuned about that. And Elijah will send you the video so you can get that to him. Gotcha. Sure. Appreciate it.
and then last thing before we talk about uh, Black History Month and the Rays and and you, of course, Elijah. College baseball has started. Uh, UCF, or sorry, USF, not UCF. I mean, UCF did play, but USF also played today. Uh, who who's everyone rocking with this season? I know Gibby, obviously, your USF. Elijah, what school did you go to? Who you rocking I, with? I am a bull as well. So I'm, Ooh. I'm rolling, rolling with UCF. I mean, USF. Be careful there. I got, careful I got there. a good buddy, a good personal friend of mine goes to UCF, so I get him. But yes, no, I am a bull, so that's that's what I'll be rolling with. There we go. There we go. So so we got two USF people, and then I'm the only Maryland guy. So there's actually a guy <laughs> on Maryland kind of segueing into Black History Month, uh, Max Costas, who, if you guys don't know, he's a fantastic first base prospect. He's a Golden Spikes uh, watch list person for 2020 or 2021. The kid is just – he's a good friend of mine. He's absolutely insane, and I want the race to draft him because they need a first baseman of the future. And he has all the swagger – all the talent, all speed, uh, glove, everything. He has everything that you want in a player, and I want him so badly. <laughs> He's gonna be so just, good. I'm just so pissed. I just want them to get just, it. <laughs> just to piggyback on you, there is a guy in NAIA ball. I don't know if you guys know. In like 50 games, this guy has like 38 homers and 78 RBIs. Something somewhere along that. I know he's batting. He's batting 500, and he's he's got like 168 at bats, and he's batting 500. Imagine flipping a coin and being like, "Oh, getting a hit." But he's he is he is the lone NAIA player that's nominated for the Golden Spikes so far as a preseason guy. I need to go watch out for this guy. What's his name? Yeah, I I can't think of it off off the off the top of my head. Yeah, no, we'll we'll figure it out because that's insane. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. Also, last thing, everyone everyone think that Kumar is going to get drafted number one? Oh, one, one. Hope so. I hope the Pirates yeah. don't screw up. But there is a guy, um, there's a guy on LSU who oh, throws one, two, like 96 three. to 98 and is, and is a righty and basically is Kumar. Like he's like an inch, he's like an inch shorter and like 15 pounds lighter, but they're basically the same guy. So I'm like, oh, maybe they could. I mean, they're like the same person. <laughs> we'll see. The ball is in the pirate, the pirates' um, baseball ops department. So we'll see. This is true. This is true. We'll see. But yeah. Well, uh, Elijah, since we have you here, we did want to talk about Black History Month, uh, especially with the Rays. Now, you've been doing some stuff on our Twitter account, on the Raise the Roof Twitter account. For those that don't follow, it's at Raise the Roof TB, RTRTB, or all capitalized on Twitter. Uh, tell us about that. Tell us about that idea that you had with us. Uh, how did that, was it just something that was as simple as like, it's February, it's Black History Month. We should do this because we haven't done this. In a nutshell. Yes. And I feel like we have a, we have a lot of, we have a lot of people on our fan base that are, that are super young. Um, so I'd like to, to give the background on who the black rays are. Like, so 29, 2020 is the only Rays season ever that we did not have a black player. So it was pretty neat. I'm thinking about it. And then once I figured it out, I'm like, oh, wow, we really don't. Once we moved fam, fam was, fam was the only guy in 2019. So once we moved fam, I was like, wow, we don't have one. And then February rolls around. And I'm like, let me do this. This would be cool. So like, like I wanted to educate guys on, not just guys, people in general, about who Gerald Williams was and what happened that night. Like that's, that's an interesting part of race history. So, and not many people that know that, that Ozzy was a Ray. He, he did play. He's, he's not just, he's not just the first base coach that does push-ups. So yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, you have guys. One like, of many you know, things. <laughs> exactly. Like you have Doc Gooden, you have 
you have these figures. You have Quentin McCracken who's working. He's, I believe he's with the Brewers now, but he was with the Rays in AAA. So just getting into the, the history of the franchise, but not only just the history, just the Black history, because I, I feel like it's just as important. And the Rays now have a Black player on the team in 2020 or 2021 and Chris Archer. So, yes. So thank God, yeah. thank God for that, that they were able to restart yeah. that. So, so from 1998 to 2019, they had yes. at least one black player on every team. Yes. Oh man. That's, yeah. that's, that's just weird. Yeah. That's a weird thing to think about, but I wanted to ask you, so how is it like being a black baseball fan in 2021? How has it been like um, for you uh, being not only a race fan, but just a baseball yeah. fan in general? It's, I mean, base baseball to me, to me, at least. You know, baseball is the best sport in the world because there's so much diversity. I mean, the Rays roster alone, I believe we had, I know last last season we had eight different countries, but like we had Lucius Fox from the Bahamas. I mean, you have you have the Bahamas, Cuba, I mean, Didi Gregorius is from the Netherlands. You can make it big, small, tall, short. As long as you have a heart in baseball, you, you can make it. So it's the most intriguing part of it to me. And that's what makes baseball special. You don't, you can roll out anybody at any time and as long as they produce it really doesn't matter nobody really looks at it that way so yeah yeah definitely no i want to ask growing up for you were you more gravitated towards black baseball players as role models or was it did it did it really matter to you was it just a baseball player as a baseball player i would say growing up i wasn't i wasn't really of course you know you know you know you're black of course but um not really because there's so much diversity in the game, but I'll I'll give you my backstory. So my before Tropicana Field was even a thing, there was a there was a historically black neighborhood where the Trop stands. So yeah. in the 80s, when when the Trop, I mean it was the Florida Suncoast known before, um, they pretty much moved everybody out of that area or paid people to move out of that area so that they could construct the Trop. So my grandmother lived in, she lived in that area growing up and she eventually moved out, but she grew up there. So she grew up on the Cardinals. She was a huge Cardinals fan growing up. So, and especially the eighties Cardinals, you had, you had Lou Brock, you had Willie McGee, you had Ozzie Smith and they would just run. So that was her style of baseball. And they, they did spring training in LA. She would go down there all the time. So when the Rays were, were awarded in 95, my grandmother signed up for two season tickets. She wanted to put down her deposit. So she knew, so she knew that she could watch baseball here. 96, I'm born. And 98 rolls around, inaugural game, March 31st and 98. She goes, she brings me. So I'm, I'm a year and a half old. She's, she's lugging me around in a stroller. Um, we take the bus to the ballpark and my mom works at all children. So she would work nights. Mm-hmm. So she would, she would get off. So we would take the bus to the ballpark. When the game was over, we'd get we'd um, leave out of gate four. She'd pick us up on 16th Street, and I'd, I'd go home. Or if it was a day game, ride the bus back home and go back to my grandmother's house. But as that went along, I mean, I'm I'm super young at, at the time. So fast forward, I'm about four. Uh, my grandmother and Fred McGriff's mother are were very very close friends. They were both they both were in the same church congregation, so they were close friends. So one day. After kids run the bases on a on a Sunday, instead of going out the normal way and going out of, of the center field doors like you normally would, we're like, hold on, we're gonna go we're gonna go this way. And we went down the tunnel. I'm like, where are we at? I don't recognize where we're at. <laughs> we're <laughs> we're right outside the locker room. I didn't I didn't know this. I'm I'm four. So we wait, we wait, and then we see we see um 
Miss McGriff, Fred McGriff's mother. They, they, I know, of course I know her. So, mm -hmm. but I didn't know, I didn't know Fred was, they didn't tell me at the time. And then Fred comes out. And that time, Fred McGriff is my favorite player. Like I swing left-handed because of Fred. It, it's just, it's, it's, it's a crime dog, it's Fred. So I'm, yeah. sit, I'm sitting there and I see him walk out and I turn around and it's Fred and I'm like, and I couldn't get a word out. So that's, <laughs> I'd say that's when I really, i say that's when I, that's when I really fell in love with baseball. Cause that's, that's my, well, my grandmother grew me up on it. That was her sport. Yeah. You watch TBS and WGN with the Braves and Cubs all the time. Whenever the Braves, whenever, whenever the Cubs had a day game, which is pretty much all the time, we'd watch the Cubs or if the Rays were off that night, we watched the Braves on TBS. So I, I always, I always grew up with baseball. So fast forward to 04, it's opening day against the Red Sox. This scrappy guy from, from Houston, Texas, named Carl Crawford. I have no idea who he is. He gets an opening day start and he's 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 playing a good game. And I'm realizing I'm like, okay, who's this Crawford guy? I'm, I'm eight at the time. I'm learning, I'm starting to learn the game a little bit more. Who's this Crawford guy? He's kind of cool. Bottom of the ninth comes up. I think that we're down by two. He gets a walk-off homer. I'm like, okay, this is my guy because he looks like me. And then that's what stuck. So you have Crawford, you have guys like Crawford and Cliff Floyd in 08 was huge because the Marlins were always on. It's always Marlins and Rays here. They Fox Sports and Sun Sports. So you, 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 as a young black male, you're, you gravitate towards who looks like you. So that's, that's how I, that's how I was all growing up. Like Andrew Jones, Griffey, players like that, man. That's, that's how I, that's how I grew to love the game. I'm like, wait a minute, they look like me and they can do this. I, I think I can do this. So, and then of course, high school ball. And before high school ball, I was, I was introduced to the RBI program. I had, I had no clue about it. I was just starting to gain traction in the Tampa Bay area at the time. Mm -hmm. I was around 11, 12, started playing there. And then we got our own branch in St. Petersburg with Berg baseball. And I, I pretty much played with them since the organization started right around 09 is when I started. And we, we went undefeated and, and won um, St. Pete city tournament. Ooh. So yeah, there's a lot of dudes on that team. I'm still, I'm still cool with. So it, baseball's really been a road for me where, where you can play with, you can play with anybody and it's baseball. Baseball is its own language. It's its own style. It's its own thing. So that's what I, that's what I grew up to, to doing. And then got through high school, almost played at the college level and I hurt myself. So it guided me all the way through, start working with the Rays as a fan host in 20. 14. So that was my first, that was my first job, first real job ever. Did that for five seasons, have had the most fun ever because I love baseball and I love the Rays. And I get I pretty much get the paid to to help people and, and provide customer service and, and catch a catch a few innings of a ball game here and then. So and then here I am now. I'm the, I'm the receptionist for the Rays. So had a had a pretty cool journey. So, that, that is yeah. Uh, you seeing McGriff put the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> Honestly. Dude, I was four. I Give just saw shocked. a play. You know, you don't know. You think you think the players, you know, when you're young, you think the players live there and everything like that. Like, wait, they have houses like we do? I thought they live at their job, you know. <laughs> you're, you're four. So I'm thinking, I'm like, and, he, and he's the nicest dude ever. If you've ever met Fred McGriff, I mean, nicest dude ever. Always smiling, cordial, funny. Not at all like his nickname. And no, not at all. Man. And, I, <laughs> and it's, they turned me around, so it, so I didn't see him turning the corner. And then I turn around, and I'm like, "There's this, there's this six four dude that I'm, I'm looking up at. I'm like, oh, that's Fred McGriff. And I couldn't, <laughs> I, I couldn't get the words out. So that was, that was cool. That was like, that was literally my idol. Still wear twenty nine to this day. My adult 
adult games now, tried to wear it in high school, couldn't get it because they already had the, the numbers set up like that. So, but yeah, man, base, baseball's, baseball's cool. And if you don't, if you don't think baseball's cool, all you have to do is watch a King Griffey Jr. highlight video. There you go. <laughs> well, I was going to watch Joe or watch Bo Jackson throw from out. Oh, to Bo Jackson. There's so many stories. Like you had, you had Dion, you had Dion playing a, a NFL game. And taking playing a, a World Series game. Yeah, taking a plane to go play in the, the NL Championship Series. Didn't play in the game, but still did two sports in one day. So it's like, it's like if that guy can do that, what can I do, you know? Now you have guys. I know LSU has a guy. He plays. He just won a national championship as a cornerback on the on the football team, and he's an outfielder on the baseball team. No. So, yeah, man. And he, baseball's limitless, where I feel like other sports, like, especially basketball you're playing all year long it doesn't allow you to 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 branch out and try to figure out what you want to do so baseball gives you that right you can you can play you can play your high school or or whatever spring ball and then summer ball you can take off and go play play football or or do whatever you want to do so Mm -hmm. it's yeah definitely baseball is awesome baseball is awesome it is sport in it you can play it anywhere you don't you don't really see i mean you can play basketball anywhere but you don't see football (laughs) Where other than the, the U.S., you can play baseball. Dominican Republic, Japan. I mean, South Africa has a national teams. It, the the possibilities are endless, man. That's what I love about the World Baseball Classic. You, you get to see it in front of you. Yeah, it is, that is that is one hundred percent true. Like the U.S. the U.S. Dominican game in seventeen in Miami is probably the most electric baseball atmosphere I've ever been around. So, I'm kind of. I, I got to see idols. I got to see idols too. I got to see Adam Jones and get to see Stroman pitch. And well, baseball needs to be way more huge. It does. I mean, I wish it wasn't when it is because it's in like the worst time to get traction. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think that they can really like they can't put it in the middle of the season because it wouldn't work. So like March is kind of the only time. Do the fall. I mean, I guess they could. Do, I mean, they could. I mean, maybe. I don't know. It'd be. It'd be weird. Uh, I'd, I'd be cool. I'd be cool with a with with a with a winter tourney or something like that. Just suspend the Caribbean series and let all the countries go at it. Have like a sixteen team tournament. That'd yeah, man. Well, I was yeah. gonna ask. So, so you said that Crawford was your guy for a little bit when he uh, when he made that play against the Orioles in twenty eleven. Uh, were you taking everything back about how <laughs> how much he was your guy? <laughs> <laughs> man, Robert Andino is a savior. You hear me? I love Robert Andino. But, that means um, a legend. Oh, we love we love him too. <laughs> Ray's, Ray's legend, even though he never he never Ray's legend. Yeah, man. Well, I got I got a story about Crawford too. So like I had I had foot surgery going into my ninth grade year, and my buddy's working at a recreation center at the time, and Carl Crawford's there. Like they're doing like you know you know how to do parks and rec days, and they have a different they have a certain different players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's at the rec center a half mile from my from where I live. I'm like. He calls me like, bro, Carl Crawford's at I'm like, stop playing with me, bro. You know how much I love Carl Crawford. He's like, no, I'm not playing. He's here right now in uniform signing stuff. So I get my mom to take me up there. He signs my cast and I get to meet him. And I'm like, <laughs> another, another starstruck moment, you know? I mean, David Price too. I got his signature at a Vision Works. So it's... Why at a Vision Works? Like the, the, the he was, three. David Price was signing at a Vision Works, and the the line was wrapped around the building. And I'm like, well, dude, and then they he weren't going up, there for glasses. He pulled up and he pulled up in the smoothest red Bentley, and you're like, you see the car, you're like, okay, that's David Price. Yeah, man, it's baseball's got a poetry to it, unlike any any other sport. That's like, wild. Yeah, man. 
That's why it's cool. Yeah. How much? So, so w- growing up, Griffey was still at his peak. How much was he a symbol for black for black baseball fans for for you know like like for black baseball in general? Oh, he was the guy. So I didn't really grow up with Dion. He was on the back nine when I was when I was growing up. But yeah, I mean, Griffey was the dude, man. He had the smooth swing. He had the shoes. He had the Nike ads. He made it cool to wear your hat backwards. He made it cool to play baseball with earrings on. I mean, just the kid. Like he, he baseball, well, kind of, kind of still, but not really. Baseball has that stigma of like you kind of have to be uptight around. You don't want to, you want to step on anybody's toes or anything like that. But Griffey was so effortless and graceful with it. He was just himself, and it made it fun. So that's what I feel like. People, I mean, black people still love baseball, but. Whenever you see George Kenneth Griffey Jr. on Sunday Night Baseball, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm let me let me lock in. You know, it's it's like he was LeBron before LeBron in a sense because his dad played, had a wonderful career, and then he gets to play with his dad, and you, and you got LeBron having a wonderful career, and he might play with his son. And that's three. true. Bronny's coming out of Sierra so, Canyon. That's gonna yeah, be man. Insane. So I mean, it's Bronny's not as good as LeBron by any stretch of the means, but. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, they still might play together though. You, you never that know. That is true. That yeah. would be insane. So yeah, man. I mean, Griffey's. I'd say Griffey's the guy. I mean, you, you look at guys now. I mean, you got CC playing, pitching pretty much his whole Yankee career in Jordans. I mean, let's see who else we got. As far as like the five Ryan, right now. Well, well, I was gonna say in like the early two thousands, early to mid two thousands, Ryan Howard. He was my favorite player yeah. growing up as a Phillies fan. Yeah. Monty made good. Him, I've never yeah. seen a man hit a ball as far as he can. I, yeah, other man. Than like Aaron Judge. Uh, him, Prince. Oh, yeah, Prince. Oh, oh my God. BJ Upton. Oh, BJ Upton came to one of my little league camps while, yeah. when I was little, and that that yeah. was a good moment for me. So I, I always yeah. appreciate BJ Upton. Yeah, man. And it's Tory Hunter. Yeah, like literally, he's Spider Man. He's climbing <laughs> walls. You can't do this in any other sport. And before. roasting me on TV. Don't forget <laughs> yeah, about that. That too. That too. And he's a comedian. He's a comedian and a baseball player. But yeah, man, like baseball is the coolest sport in the world. You can literally do anything. You can be any size. You can be you can be six seven three ten like CC, or you can be five seven one seventy like Malik Smith and still be and still swipe forty bags. That's so true. You can you can do anything, man. It's limitless. It's, it's, say- it's limitless, and it allows it allows you to be yourself. You don't have a helmet on. People can see your face. It's cool, man. Not um, everybody's gonna be not everybody, yeah. not everybody's gonna be six six and can jump through jump. I wish I could. I wish I could jump like I, oh, twenty oh, inches. Me, <laughs> yeah, me, too. me too. I want to be like Mike, but um, you can be any I want to be like a quarter of Mike. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it's it's the coolest sport in the world, and you get to be yourself. But um, the, the the dilemma that that I guess the dilemma that kids run into today. I mean, you you saw what Tatis when he swung three O's. Like people got upset with him being himself. So, so stupid. There's a there's a flip side of it. So there I is. guess that's that maybe that's why we have the whole let get, let the kids play play motto and and program get get people more involved. So yeah. So so who do you think are those um are those like role model uh players today for young young black um, they, children? Um, I'd say Stro Marcus Stroman for sure. I, I mean, I, he pitched. When he got traded over, he pitched his whole Mets tenure in a do-rag under his hat. <laughs> so I'd that's, say Strowman, cool. 
yeah, man. And he's pitching with, he's got blonde dreads. And I was like, yeah. I saw those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. D Strange Gordon, maybe? D's cool. Yeah. D, D was, D was a, a very high profile basketball prospect, and his dad had him flip over. I'd say D. I mean, you got young guys like Joe Adele. You have Nick Kyle Lewis. You got Nick Heath is hilarious. He's really you funny. Got, yeah, man. You got Nick Heath. You got Flaherty. Yes. Flaherty is a big one. I wish I wish she did. No, I do wish he played in St. Louis because he learned from from Bob Gibson. But see, Flaherty, Mookie, Mookie's Mookie's one. Oh, one, yeah. Mookie. Literally Mookie's like a, the second best but, player in baseball. Like the biggest one we forgot. Yeah. yeah. No, we didn't forget him. It's just like Trout. He gets, forget, yeah, yeah. He gets forgotten because he's, he's so great. Yeah. He could do anything. I mean, he stole home in the World Series. He um, got free tacos, which I never claimed. Yeah, but he got you free food, and that's what matters. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. It was a sadness. I got that taco, and it was a sadness taco. <laughs> it's one of those rush tacos just ground beef lettuce tomato cheese here <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was not put together well <laughs> yeah, the pain is they real they probably had them pre-made but hey, i was like free. i lost a world series for this what <laughs> it's a consolation prize but no man um i'd say especially david price i mean let's see who, who else there's so there's so many that are, that are making impacts in their communities, so it's, and it's all impressive. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah man. Well, yeah. I wanted to well, I wanted to ask more about the RBI program because you you yourself were involved in it. But what how is how has the RBI program in St. Petersburg grown and developed? And is there like has it branched off to Tampa or is it just in St. Pete or yeah. how does that work? So so there was RBI Tampa before there was RBI St. Petersburg, but. Um, with with Berg baseball, I mean, I, I played all the way through, and I'm a chairman on the board now. Uh, it's grown from from just T-ball to now we have T-ball starting at age two all the way to we have an 18U travel team now. So it's it's huge, and I'm one. I'm 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 extremely proud to be one of the examples because I went from, I mean, I started playing baseball earlier than when they when they started. So. Mm. I played there from from 2010 to 2014, and I went from 12U all the way to 15U, and then I started playing high school ball, and then I would do travel ball with them during the summers. So, yeah, man, it's it's cool. I wouldn't I wouldn't be where I am without without the RBI program. Now, I no, the ball player that I am, it gave it gave me an outlet. Yeah. Now, now is is RBI itself is that affiliated with Little League and or Ripken, or is or is it its own separate thing? I believe so. RBI, I believe it is Babe Ruth. Okay. Um, don't. I mean, I can't say don't quote me on it because I'm being recorded. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, I can cut it out if it's wrong. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. I think we'll put it. I don't. I don't know for certain, but I don't know the Jackie Robinson West team from Chicago that played in the Willow League World Series a few years back. I think they were RBI affiliated, but I might be wrong. Okay. Yeah, I was um, going to point out them because they were the only team in recent yeah. memory that I've thought of that's been involved in the Little League World Series. Yeah. And then you have guys, I mean, Hunter, Hunter Green might be the biggest, might be the biggest ones. He went 1-1 and he was part of the RBI. He, he went, he played at the Urban Youth Academy in Compton and he went 1-1. So he might be the biggest, you can, you can see that they're making leaps and bounds to, to what they were trying to accomplish and that's to get more, more, um, more black youth into baseball. So mm-hmm. I'm very proud of what the MLB is doing. We still got a long way to go, but we're, it's a huge start. Well, I was going to ask more about that. How has it been like 
from what you've seen, uh, how has it been like in terms of in in terms of how uh, black youth has been reintroduced to the game? Because I know, I, I think from right now, in terms of black players involved in the league, it's one of the lowest percentages that it's been maybe maybe ever, if not in quite a while. And what what have you seen in terms of what Major League Baseball has tried to do in order to reintroduce the game um, to to urban communities and and black communities and black youth? So we have the MLB um, breakthrough series. I mean, we didn't have it in we didn't have it in 2020 because of, of the pandemic. But yeah. I myself have coached a player from it. His name's Chris Williams. He's at um, he's playing JUCO ball at St. Pete College now. But okay. he got he got to he got to go out there and 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 um, he got to go out there and, and showcase himself among major league scouts and take take ground balls with Barry Larkin and, and pitch with Dave Stewart. So it gives it provides instead of going to go to play a perfect game tournament almost every month, which is it's expensive. It gives it, MLB takes care of it. They fly them out. They put them they put them up and they spend a, uh, three days out in Arizona. I forget I forget which facility. What 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 complex? But you treat it as if you're a big leaguer, um, or at least you're playing pro ball for for three days. So they, they learn a lot there. They learn how to manage money. They learn what what they can do in the classrooms to do better and and make them better humans first. You want to be a good teammate before anything. So it, it it's awesome. I'm really applauding what MLB is doing because you have so many you have so many so many black players that are really really good, but they can't afford to go play a travel ball tournament for $1,100 for a weekend or afford to play summer ball, pay $2,400 or $3,500 for a summer to go play travel ball and get there and stay up, get there, lodging, food, equipment. So it is, we're getting there. Baseball is starting to get cheaper to, to get exposed, but mm-hmm. that's that's been the big dilemma. That's why numbers have dropped because you can't afford to go play perfect game or baseball factory or, or pro baseball report. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, how, well, what other things have you seen um, uh, that has been done? And I also wanted to touch upon the Rays Diversity and Inclusion Council, which I know that you're um, a part of. So could you talk about that as well and, and what, uh, what they've done for the community and what, and, and how you've been in, uh, involved in what you've done as part of it? And can I add one thing? Can I add one thing? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so the Rays, obviously, they're always very uh, progressive. They've, they've always been on the side of, uh, you know, when the Black Lives Matter protests were kind of happening, um, they were they were firmly, firmly with um, Black Lives Matter. Um, they have gay pride days. It's one of the most progressive ball clubs, probably, um, probably in, in the league, if not the most. Um, how, do, how does it feel like being in that organization? And on, on top of like Alex's question. So uh, with what MLB is doing, you're you're seeing a lot more um, academies pop up. So I mean, mm-hmm. Kansas City has one, of course, with their deep their deep Negro League Negro League history with the Monarchs. I believe Cincinnati has one. DC has one. Uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area has one. They're they're popping up. I mean, Compton, of course, theirs is huge. It's practically a spring training complex in itself. But we're getting there. Yeah, it's it's really it's really cool. But um. We're getting it. We're we're getting we're getting to where kids are. You have you have to put you have to put baseball in the area to, to attract kids. You know, so we're getting there. I don't. I'm not quite certain if if uh, Tampa Bay area will get one. I'd be very interested in helping helping get that mm-hmm. here. But um, 
as far as the diversity and inclusion council, um, the raise, at least, at least over the next 10 years, we're putting forth um, $100,000 every year towards, towards businesses and, and causes of color. So really encouraging there. We're always looking for different things to do within the community to, to be active and involved and, and listen and let, let people be heard. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's pretty cool. That's why I'm, I'm very proud of my organization. So I'll give you, I'll give you a, a backstory. When I got hired last November, no, two Novembers ago, November of 19, you know, you get settled in your job and then, you know, you walk through, you walk through the department, you're like, okay, there's nobody who really looks like me. So I get, I get settled in my desk and um, lo and behold, I think the second day I was there, I had, we have a, a gentleman in baseball uh, operations named Mark Jackson. We're, we're super tight to this day. I'll, I'll get to that. And we had an intern in finance named Devin Alexander and they, they're both, both black guys. So they walked past my desk and like, hey, wait a minute. We haven't had a receptionist in a while. Hey, what's your name? You know, introduce ourselves. And they look, they look, and we went out to lunch that day and now we're super tight. So, you know, representation matters and, and it made me definitely feel way more comfortable with, with what I'm doing. And it's cool, man. It's cool to know. It's cool that more, more and more people of color are working in front offices and in baseball. So well, definitely welcome me with open arms. Yeah. That's why I really, that's why I really appreciate about this team. Um, before I even really knew about that stuff, I, I just liked them because they were the Rays, yeah. they're my local team. But it's also nice that they're so um, they're so giving back to the community, and they they really do care about the fans. I believe some people not might not believe that for some reason. Jokers, I, I call them. <laughs> but yes, they <laughs> but make- I, I truly love this organization. Yeah, man, they make it. And they're not afraid. They're not afraid to say it either. That's the thing. If you that's that's why you can any anybody can anybody can can slide a check to somebody under the table and, and put something on social media. But out there and getting out there in the community and 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 doing things like we had, we're still doing it. I believe. I don't know if we shut it down because of COVID, but I know we were at Campbell Park Elementary, which is the elementary school right next to the Trop. We had a walking school bus every morning, sponsored by the Rays. Make sure kids got school safe. So is is definitely they're they're very outspoken with what they do in the community and as they should so anybody can write a check and, and send it to somebody but we're actually active in, in making sure things are done properly so that's that's super really super awesome. super, super so proud awesome. of my employer and then I'm, I'm i'm very proud to be to be a ray so. yeah that's that's really awesome um i wanted to ask you because you're currently working for the team right now and obviously there's really nothing going on at the chop but there is something going on at the chop, which not a lot of people know that it's actually going on at the chop, which is the WWE is there. What the hell is going on with that? Because you've been showing us some pictures of things. People send some videos of like fireworks going on outside the chop. Things are going absolutely wild. Like how much is it distracting you from what you're doing? Just like hearing all of this crap going on on the actual like the floor of the chop. So the cool thing about it, my department, I, I get to be behind the scenes and stuff like this. So. Um, World West World Wrestling Entertainment has been here since December 11th. Um, they were originally at the Amway Center in Orlando, but of course, Orlando Magic have to do Orlando Magic things. So basketball resumed. <laughs> so we we inquired about, hey, we we're not having anything this off season. What what all do you need to have WWE here? Push come to shove, we got a deal done, and we've had them since December 11th, and we're gonna have them through April 3rd. 
So the Friday night SmackDown before WrestleMania will be the last WWE event there. And then we'll flip the field for the Rays to welcome the Yankees on, on April 9th. And it'll look like nothing happened because that's what my department does best. So, so were the Magic just like, we're going to play bad basketball here and then WWE was like, <laughs> okay. Hey, that's, that, is, that is the National Basketball Association, brother. I, I'm, a, I'm a Ray. That is beyond me. Damn, man, you just insulted <laughs> Mo Bamba like that. How dare you? Oh, no. Nothing against Mo Bamba. <laughs> I didn't say a word. But, um, yeah, but how has it been? Because, like... I'm a Magic fan, by the way. <laughs> what, you could just, you're just absolutely just destroying yourself right now. But how has it been just involved in all of that? I mean, like, have you been there during tapings and, and, and the like? Um, yeah, have you I, seen Randy Orton? <laughs> Dude, I have been with I've been within five feet of Randy Orton. That's so that must be scary. It's, it's, it's weird because you see guys like I mean, we've all watched. I, mean, I can't speak. I can't say all. Most of us have watched like running Monday Night Raw or like SmackDown. When we yes, kids. yes, yes. So you'll so you'll be at the food station grabbing your dinner, and either Ric Flair will walk past you. Or like Jeff Hardy, will, Jeff Hardy will be right behind you, getting food right behind you. So it's like, this is my job. Yeah, now. man, and it's it's. I'm sitting here. I'm like, oh, and sometimes I'm starstruck because I'll be I'll be doing my job. I'll be calling something on the radio, and then five feet away from me, you're like, is that Edge? So like, yeah, man, it's cool. It's super cool. That reminds me imagine. of those ESPN. It reminds me of those uh, ESPN commercials with all like the all-star athletes in the office, and they're oh, just doing those are so that's, that's how good. I imagine it. That's how that I imagine is exactly it. how it is. That is exactly how it is. You're not lying. I can just imagine. I just, like, man, I've, I've seen. I've seen Ray Mysterio. Uh, I don't think I can say that on camera. But um, oh no, you're fine. You're fine. Just yeah. Don't I've don't don't, don't say you don't I mean, you can you can edit it out, right? Yeah. I mean, I've seen Rey Mysterio maskless. That was weird. That tripped me out for like 10 minutes. I'm like, this <laughs> Rey Mysterio. I, I, I've never seen him without a mask. So yeah, man, it's it's really cool. Like super cool. Like Bad Bunny's here. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. yeah. I can just imagine like you just like butting someone out of the way to like get food and it's like big show and you're just like, hey, can you like move? Like I need to go like get my food here for the night. Like. Sorry, like do not know it's a big show though. No, 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 not like that. Just like you just have to like move someone out of the way, and you're just like, guy, I just need to like get in here and like get my grub. Like I gotta go sit up at the front. Like get him away. Those are big, strong men. I am good, but um, yeah, man, man, have some food. (laughs) Is like you'll be, you'll be, you'll just be manning your post like you're supposed to, and. Kane walks by and you're like, how are you this big, man? And he's he's <laughs> he's seven foot. It's all of seven foot. Don't get me wrong. And I'm like, God, the Royal Rumble is probably the cool one of the coolest events I've seen at Trop because you're seeing literally everybody. Like everybody's walking past you. Second only yeah, to the yeah. relay. What'd you say? I said second only to the relay. Oh yeah, yeah. In true, game true. in yeah. game four, in game four, second only to the relay. That's oh, the best moment oh. you've seen. <laughs> At the trop, yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's the loudest I've heard the trop working. But um, yeah, man, it's been super cool. I love I love my job. It te- it really does not feel like I, I work. That's that's so, incredible. I was yeah. there at game four. I called Jose Altuve um a no no word. Don't don't During say it on moment, the podcast. I'm gonna I won't say it on the out. podcast. <laughs> it actually wasn't the no no word you're thinking of. I just don't want to say it about him. It's actually not a bad word. You're calling him like well, a small to, person? To, 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that <laughs> word. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, that one. I, I just don't want to. I don't want to. As soon as you said that, I was like, okay, it's the other word. I you, know exactly. You were what word you were is. thinking about the one that's hyphenated. <laughs> no, I was thinking about just like him, like swearing at him. I wasn't thinking about that exactly. Word. <laughs> Yeah, um, Gibby, Gibby, Gibby's getting out here with the with the creative ones. <laughs> but yeah, man, it, I I love my job. Honestly, I'm 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 very fortunate to be in the situation that I am, and can get to work at the fa- my favorite building in the world every day. So that's awesome. Well, I was gonna ask um uh, before I want to ask you some quick hitters. Um, but I also want to ask, are, are there any resources that people, um, our listeners can check out when it comes to different programs that the Rays are doing, the RBI program in St. Petersburg, um, resources that, 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 you know, that people can check out about in terms of diversity and inclusion and, and, and more things about, about black baseball in the U S and especially in the St. Pete and Tampa area. Um, a great follow is, uh, Bob Kendrick with the Negro league baseball museum. If you're ever in Kansas city, please, please, please go. Um, there has been a Jackie Robinson Museum opened in New York with the, um, it's in New York. I forget where it is in New York because New York's a huge city. Mm-hmm. But um, that's fine. That just opened with his centennial. He would have he been 100 this year. So um, yeah, man, I'm trying to think here. Kansas City is pretty much the mecca of Negro League Baseball. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I mean, other than that, people can just reach out to you and we'll, and we'll throw your socials at the end of it. Cause we'll ask you about those, but absolutely you, you follow like, on social because I'm always retweeting, retweeting things and, and causes and, and things of that nature. So for yeah. sure, Twitter, Twitter, Instagram is, is Fluellen727. Um, I'm sure you guys will post that below for me. Oh yeah, yeah, no, we'll post it. Trust me. We will get all that <laughs> yeah. stuff out. You don't, you don't got to worry about it. Yeah. For sure. If you, you want it, my DMs are open as well. If you want to ask me any questions or anything of that nature, please, please feel free to reach out. I'll gladly answer your questions. All right. Well, um, I want to ask you, are there any other stories that you want to tell us before I ask you some quick hitters before we wrap this thing up? What do I have? Like, like, like one or two, like if you told someone they would be absolutely just like, what the heck? Let's see. In a good way, that is, because like not like what the oh, heck in a bad way. <laughs> oh, def- definitely good natured. Yeah, I was gonna say like not uh, yeah yeah not someone just like going on like a swearing rant on you, and then you had to like. Oh yeah. No. Um, trying to think, man. Though. Really, just just I don't want to say the weirdest thing to me, but like just just being acquainted with with Blake with Blake is super cool, man. From he reached out to me. The race posted a video of me with my fan host word, and he re- he followed me on Twitter on um Twitter, and he reached out to me, and then I wound up meeting him in person. And so you know, I'm taking care of his dogs, and I'm <laughs> playing the playing MLB the show with him, and, and doing fresh kitchen and Chipotle runs with them. So have you ever hopped on a those... stream with him? Have you ever hopped on a Twitch stream with him and played a game? Yeah, yeah I've been on a Twitch stream with him. That's pretty cool. Things like that, man. It's just. Like I'm really hanging with a big leaguer. It's like, <laughs> wow. Is that, is that? Yeah, man. It's that, and, and it's and it's cool. Like, what's what? That's that's one of my best friends. So I guess after that shock factor wears off, it's just like, yeah, man. Just, just hanging with the boys and it's Blake and yeah, man. But yeah, um, I mean, there's so many. It's hard to pick. That might well, be. That might be a segment. I might do that. I might do that in well, March as far as my fan host stories. Mm-hmm. We do do, for- let's do that. Let's keep that as either a Twitter thing. 
That would be awesome. We'll do that as a thing. We'll leave that. We'll leave you y'all on a cliffhanger for that yeah. one. Yeah. Um, on that. that. But that's a fantastic idea that you yeah. just brought up on here. And we're definitely going to use that because that's fantastic. Fan host stories I, coming yeah. soon. Yeah. Fan host stories coming soon. It's yeah. going to be great. Uh, fan host fables. Yeah. That oh, would that's be awesome. That's even better. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, with it. Yeah. All right. Well, some quick hitters for you. So you've already named a couple of them, but your favorite past, present, and all-time Rays player. Past is definitely Fred McGriff. Yes. Present, present probably G-Man. Ooh, yes. <laughs> and I'm very, very excited for Wander. Wander. Ooh. No, but no, but no, but what about all time? Oh, all time? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I didn't even know we have a future now in here. We could do past, present, future, and all time. Now we have a now we have a fourth one. We've got a future now. Future. Okay. Yeah. Probably just because I, I completely saw the trajectory of his whole career and I've got to admire it. Probably David Price. I like solid, that. Solid. Just because of the consistency. You know he's going to go out there. He's going to pitch. He's going to throw at least seven innings. And he's going to shove. Yeah, he you know, is. man's a monster. Damn straight he Probably. is. He's, he's a good pitcher. He's, he, he was an amazing pitcher with the Rays. Uh, so- and horrible too. Rest in peace, Ash. Oh, man. man rough. He died a couple years ago. It's okay. I know, but it's still, it's still, it's, it still hurts because we love Astro. It's great. Yeah. But yeah, but, man. So for someone that actually works at the Trop, obviously people have a lot of negative things to say about what the Trop is. Do you think that those, I guess, either misconceptions or comments that people say negative comments about the Trop, do you think that they're valid? And what do you think that's, what do you think is the best part about the Trop from your experience that? you you know should get recognized more but doesn't because people just knock on the stadium too much i would say there's a uniqueness to it man like once those 08 to 2010 years when it was like the pit when carlos pena nicknamed it the pit you had you had 35,000 people on you with cowbells one of the most one of the best experiences in in sports but whenever whenever people come here especially when i was working guest services they're always surprised at how how nice the staff is. And that's one of the main reasons I wanted to be a fan host because provide top-notch customer service and genuine, nice people. And they're going to provide an experience you won't forget. And they're going to try to get you to come back. So that's 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 the beauty of, of being a fan host, man. Go go apply. The, doc, the, the, the application is open. The application is open. I'm not, I'm I need a job. Proof if you want to apply, feel free. Well, they are looking for the 2020 season. So yeah, man. I might have to go do that. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, last season. Uh, gonna make with, that Maryland commute. I, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I, might, I mean, I know family that lives or like people True. that I know that, that live down in Tampa. So I'll be fine if I want to do that. Uh, this 2020 season or 2020 season last season. How was that from your perspective? How did you like, like, what was your favorite part of, of just that entirety of that season? weirdest baseball season I have ever worked but very very rewarding so what we got we got removed from the offices March 12th we do zoom zoom calls through through the end of April on May 4th we get furloughed um and I was I was brought back fully September 1st so you 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 find out how much you love the game in those particular moments. Like, okay, I really miss baseball. It's, it's July twenty fourth, this opening day. We're we're rolling. So, but it's very very fortunate with the with the position I have with the Rays being a, a full time employee. I got, I got to go to the World Series games one and two. So that'll be that'll be um a moment that I'll I'll never forget. 
flying charter for the first time. It's like you get on the plane. Charter planes walk, are amazing. What a time. Oh, you, okay, so we, we went by bus. You get off the bus on the tarmac, which is weird. Mm-hmm. So you go in. They got, the, they got the security people here. Okay, they say you're good to go on the plane. You walk up the stairs, and you're greeted by Chick-fil-A. So it's like, so this is how big leaders travel. <laughs> this like, is the life. Yeah, man. And we, we were greeted by Chick-fil-A, but that is an incredible time. With whatever sauce you want. They said they said sandwich, nuggets, or strips. I'm like, y'all are giving me variety. It's not just- <laughs> you got a whole Chick-fil-A here? Yeah. So Chick-fil-A we, in get the sky. Dallas, we get to Dallas in like two hours. I'm like, dang, this, this moves pretty quick too. Normally it's about 2.45 from here to Dallas. I, I have family in Dallas. I, I know. Flew into Love Field. Perfectly fine. You get you stay in a, a hotel in, in downtown Dallas. I'll remain undisclosed. Super nice, beautiful view. You're going everywhere by bus. You get a stipend for, for food, and then you get to watch the World Series with your your favorite team in it. So, and you get to watch the dog that is Brandon go deep twice, and you get to watch your best friend. Damn straight. So Sorry, trip, I hope you guys didn't hear that. I dropped my mic. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> it'll, it'll be a trip I'll never forget, man. That's awesome. Regardless, regardless of the outcome, I'll never forget. Oh, and, and I, I get an American League championship ring, which is cool. Guys, my That's mic even tripod cooler. broke. <laughs> <laughs> the worst time. You are you are just falling apart, Gibby. This is not good. It's all good, but... All right. I didn't even touch it. No, you're fine. You're fine. All right. Well, Elijah, <laughs> last question that I have for you. Uh, yeah. This 2021 season, what are your predictions for it? How are you feeling about this Rays team? I got – give me – this if is you, a tough one. Well, if you don't want to give because a record, it's, it's you can just such say – 155 and 7. <laughs> it's gonna, That's it's a gonna bold prediction. Such, <laughs> it's going to be such a weird year because you're going to have to rely on depth because you – I mean, anybody can catch COVID like that. We we saw what the Marlins and the Cardinals an outbreak can happen at any time. Oh my God, they hired a, um the Marlins brought in a figure skater or no no not a figure yes. skater a former yeah. Olympic speed skater. Winter yes, Olympic speed shout, skater. Out, shout out Eddie Alvarez, man, you good dude. But um, as deep as this ball club is, and hopefully we see Wander at some point, and, and you have Josh Lowe, and you have you've got all these dudes, man, like. You got Brent Honeywell there. Like, still throw a screwball and still touch ninety five. So the the depth of this team is is crazy. But um, give me give me ninety four wins. Give me a wild card spot, and then we'll roll from there. All right. Heck yeah, dude. I like, I like that. Give me, I like give, me 95, give me ninety five. I feel I feel like our offense is in a good spot. You got right. you got you got a healthy Meadows. You got you got the pieces are there. You got you got. Playoff so mid nineties, mid nineties in a wild card berth, and then we'll see, and then we'll roll with what happens in the playoffs. Mid nineties, you know what? No, scratch the wild card. We're winning the division. We'll do it again. Oh, ooh. let's go, we'll let's, go let's go, That's Elijah. Like let's go. So let's end this on yeah. a positive note. Let's go. Yeah, keep it ninety-five in the division, just because of how deep this team is and the talent in the depth. Because you can be that, de- you can do deep, and it can go, but how deep how deep and talented this team is and how the the ceiling of this team i, I feel confident so. uh, 
I like that. That's a perfect place to end it. So you guys already heard uh, Elijah's socials earlier in the podcast. Um, So we'll make sure to drop them on uh, on Twitter and all of our social media accounts once the episode comes out. But Elijah, thank you so much for taking the time to come on here and talking with us. We really, really appreciate you doing that. Keep checking to see what Elijah's going to do on Raise the Roof because he's uh, he's going to continue doing the uh, Black Rays uh, Twitter thread that he's been doing um, throughout the month of February for the rest of the month. And then he's also going to be starting the fan, uh, the fan host fable stories thing that we don't know where it's going to happen, but we'll figure out a way to do it. Cause it was a fantastic idea. We'll make it work. I'll get it done. Yeah. It won't make it work for sure. But Elijah, thank you so much for coming on. And then for everyone listening, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. We really appreciate you guys listening to us. If you guys don't follow us on social media, we are on Twitter, Instagram, I think just those two. Oh, and also TikTok. We're going to get TikToks going up soon. All Raise the Roof TB uh, on Twitter. The RTRTB are all capitalized. We also now have a Twitch account at Raise the Roof TB. We oh also just God. got our website up. It's at it's RaiseTheRoofTB.com. We're going to get some new content up on there, some new uh, articles up on there soon. We also have a YouTube channel, Raise the Roof. Just look us up on YouTube. We'll be there. Gosh, you guys. These guys are insane. They're growing. I know. Yeah. We're going crazy. It's a firepower now. I know. We're I know. just we're... deep in the ball club. Hey, hey, we're just, hey, once once the season starts, we all gotta keep going. We gotta keep running with <laughs> exactly, it. So exactly. um, yeah, we're gonna keep going. And then if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns con- uh, about anything, uh, make sure to email us at raise the roof tb at gmail.com. We'll make sure to answer you guys as quickly as possible. And for this podcast, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, we're on there. So make sure to subscribe. Uh, drop a comment, drop a, a review, hopefully a five-star review for what we're doing. Uh, and from all of us, stay safe, stay healthy. Please wear a mask and raise up. Raise up, baby.